0: glory sacramento
1: hello and welcome to the 916 republic podcast i'm your host nolan and today i'm joined in our not so mobile studio by two of the brightest soccer minds since the dawn of the podcast era the first man of whom i reference to is zach zach how are you doing today
2: well i'm doing good nolan the uh, my lord and savior jurgen klopp has ah. led liverpool to a league title for yeah, the first time that in was a long time ago Quite a long time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I've been riding that that, that ship for some time, and I'm gonna do it well into well into the new year probably. Okay. yeah okay. Zach just doesn't want to talk about the fact that they won't have the points title. Yeah, <sighs> because
1: they lost a lot. Who
0: would they lose to? I don't want to talk about it.
1: No, who was it? Man City it
0: was one. We, we it. lost. They, so they lost. got pretty well beaten by City. Yeah, and then
2: we and then we're still. Oh, we, Arsenal we still could have had. Yeah, it was two the point two, the point Arsenal. title, but. We no. lost the Arsenal and it's okay. It was a sad day. But hey, we won the league. Yep. Overall to... I'm doing well. Good. Good to hear. Scott, how
1: are you? How's 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 your health? How's your wife's health? How's your baby?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's all good.
0: Good. All Any, good. anything yep. else worthy? Nope. <laughs> good. All right. So uh lead us into the news, Scott. <laughs> okay. Um well there are just a couple of things we want to talk about today. One is a news thing, one is more of a an opinion hot take. The first uh, mm-hmm. is that uh, Major League Soccer announcement, and this is you know, play the sad violin here. Uh, pushed back to 2023 instead of 2022, and the league is citing COVID-related complications. Um, if you've been on social media, Reddit uh, has a uh, had a, a few of these questions. People are asking, you know, what's the update with the stadium? It doesn't look like people yeah. are working on it, and uh, I think maybe now we can see why. It's that the maybe the league has a uh, reached out to Sacramento and said, Hey, look, um, it's not going to happen until 2023 um, because of COVID things. And if I remember correctly, uh, all of the other teams uh, expansion years are pushed back one year, except for Austin. So Austin is further along in their process. Uh, You know, their stadium is, if you look at it, it, you can, you know, find pictures on social media and stuff. It looks like it's pretty well along. So um, everyone else is, is coming in a year late, except for Austin. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. I don't know. That's supposed to be more of an insult, but it, it's not a good feeling. Uh, it means that instead of only one more year in the USL, we have now two more years. How does that change? Uh, how, how we build for major league soccer expansion, um, Roster-wise, yeah. you know, that that, give, that means that guys like Sargis Panagos and a, a newcomer to the scene that we're going to talk about in a second, those guys mm-hmm. have another year to develop. Um, but it also means the veteran guys that, you know, we were kind of hoping lead us into Major League Soccer, Roe uh, Roe, Ro, Owasa, um, those guys now have to wait another year uh, for that. So yeah. maybe the good news is that they get to be in Sacramento another year longer for those fringe guys, but at the same time, um, they might not see the field in major league soccer um as it was Wasa i think was going to be 29 in 2022 yeah, so now he's going to be 30 in 2023 age. Uh, might it might you know his uh his time in sacramento might end uh with uh, major league soccer coming in 2023 so not a big deal yeah. uh, we're still getting major league soccer we still have that slot but just something to you know keep in mind
2: Definitely. And finally, for the news segment, uh, I'll give you the info first and the hot take second. Uh, Tacoma Defiance with a 3 nothing win against Portland Timbers. Now, Tacoma, through two games, has six goals scored um, and four points. Seems like pretty big contrast from the team that they were last year. My question to the boys, through two games, did we underestimate them? Is it too early to tell? Thoughts.
1: I'm just going to go out and say it's th- our data size is or the data samples too small. Only yeah. two games played and that's just not enough to go on to make conclusions like Tacoma are the are the next Phoenix. Uh, I didn't
2: say Well,
0: well they that. Have, they have four games played.
1: 4. Excuse me. Oh, well yeah, they lost. They played two and then lost both the bef- pre-pandemic. Yes. Yeah. So maybe yeah. Um Maybe an explanation for their post-pandemic form is they just have really talented individual players. And when everyone's figuring out a system, it helps to have really talented, young, flashy players. I, I don't think score goals. I, that's my very brief, unthoughtful take on their game. Their Tacoma middle their schoolers. Their six goals on the middle schoolers. I like how you said it's an unthoughtful take. Like, yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah. I haven't really thought about it. I really it's don't know <laughs> what I'm putting out there. Yeah, just, just – I, I, I don't like – like associating them with anything good. So I'm just going to say they're not that good.
2: Still. They did hack us after all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
0: mean, going, going back to, um, the, the game that Sacramento and Tacoma played uh, the first half was, I mean, it was three, yeah. one Sacramento and the goal that, uh, Tacoma scored was, uh, off of a, a lazy, I get not lazy, just being rusty. It was in the first minute. It's fluky. It does. That's not going to happen that often. Um, so I don't, personally think Tacoma uh should scare us that much that being said we said it before in August they get their good good air quote quotes unquote, players back I, I'm saying that uh, because they are talented um, but they're you know they're still going to be playing in the USL so um their, their team is going to get better and I, I think that honestly that that honestly scares me more
2: i agree i think i think maybe it is a little too early to tell but at the very least it's something to look out for Mm. um uh, that's they definitely have some good individual talent uh as good as they played in that 3-0 win against portland portland played really bad however compared to last year tacoma was kind of the laughingstock of the league So, there's definitely been improvements made. And with such a small pool, you know, and only two teams get out of this pool for the knockout stage, um, it's at least worth keeping an eye on um, as far as how they play, how they do. Scott, let's get into the meat of this podcast. Mm. Uh, We had a game against Reno. We did. Okay, so... um,
0: How this is going to work, I'm just going to run through some more general, uh, basic information, um, and then I'll kind of turn it over to the guys to uh, give their thoughts on the game. Um, So starting 11, and goal from right to left. McCrary, Hilliard, Arce, Sargis, and Apollion are your four at the back. Then uh, the midfield three at number six, the central defending guy, the guy that's going to sit in front of your center backs, Jaime Villarreal. That was a switch from last game, which was Wheeler-Amenu. Uh, And then in front of him was the duo of Skundrick and Rodrigo Lopez. Then again, from right to left, your front three, Bijev, which was a switch from last game, Formella at your central striker position, and then Werner, which was a switch from last game as well. Uh, The subs were first uh, a pair of subs. We only used four of our five, Mm -hmm. but the pair was uh, Belmar in the 63rd, along with Awasa in the 63rd, who came in for Werner, and then uh, Belmar came in for Bijev. In the 78th, Wheeler Amenu came in for the man that replaced him in the starting 11, Villarreal. And the last sub, the one that I think is probably most interesting, um, let's see if I get this right, uh, Janergy. Jer- I think it's oh, I put an N in there. Juregi. Yeah. Is that what we're going with? I'm going to say Huaregi. Huaregi? That Hwaregi. makes more sense. Hware- let's go with Huaregi. Rafael. Rafael Huaregi. I think, Rafael I think they, okay. they call him Rafa. I can't remember how it was announced in the stadium. So, yeah. Um, Huaregi came in for formella in the 89th mm. Huaregi uh, is the 15 year old academy uh, yes, product who's on an academy contract um we when he was signed we were kind of like yeah he you know he's probably probably a guy that'll train with the team but he's not gonna really see any minutes well I mean he's only seen he only saw about five minutes here but yeah we were one I, I was one surprised that he was even in, in the 18, 18 um, because Penegos showed so well on the preseason game in the first game of the season yeah and two i was surprised that he got minutes so something that we'll talk about uh later on like i've said if you've followed along formation 433 uh here's the score alert if you don't want to know the score pause it now watch the game come (laughs) back okay uh it was (laughs) 1-0 to the republic goal in the uh 90th plus two minute uh cameron Wassa with the penalty conversion uh the penalty was given because of a handball in the box if you go back and watch the replay, it's a pretty clear handball. The defender slides in trying to uh, block across from Cameron Awasa, uh, and his arm is fully extended, like <laughs> parallel to the ground, as he's sliding for, what for no a, apparent reason. What a dummy! Um, and it doesn't even hit him. Like it doesn't. It's not close. It hits him clearly as, in the arm. It's bad. One. It's not close to his body. Mm. Uh, clear penalty. And other than that, Reno was playing a four-four-two, so four-three-three, four-four-two. You know, if you're a tactics guy, you've, you can figure that out, wrap your brain around that. Zach, let's go to you uh, with
2: your thoughts on the game. Definitely looked a uh, lot less sluggish from the first game. Um, I think a big talking point for me, especially in the first half, was um, Ash on that left back spot. Looked a lot better. I thought in the first game... And not only myself, but it was very obvious. uh, You could hear from several players yelling at him, Coach Briggs yelling at him. He looked very uncomfortable in that left-wing spot last week. Um, He looked very timid moving forward. Uh, I think it's because he was scared he'd get caught defensively. Um, And so you could just tell he was thinking he was in his head for much of that game. This game saw him move up the field much much more fluidly seemed to just play off his strengths, not so much in his head as much. And, um, especially early on, there were some great chances that he helped create. Uh, there was a couple balls that he, um, a couple second balls in the final third that he, uh, scooped up, made a good move and put in the box. Um, so Ash, I thought looked a lot better this game.
1: Yeah. And I wonder how much of that was, uh, attributed to the fact that Briggs came back to his original formation of a 4 3 So in the game against Tacoma, uh, Ash was being asked to play at Um, Mm wingback. And we talked about in the previous episode that we constantly saw him getting caught out 2-1 against the opposition fullback and winger. And uh, having a really hard time communicating with the the midfielder who was pushed wide, uh, whether that... I think that would have been Aminu or Skundrick. Um, And then... Or anyways, i have having a hard time also communicating with Hayden Sargis, like uh, who was taking what man. And so I think the 4-3-3 versus another 4-3-3, 4-4-2 um, made it a little bit easier for Ash to get his get his mind around um, and put in a good, solid defensive performance. Um, Scott, what are your thoughts on on that bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Apollyon definitely looked way more comfortable defensively. I, I think offensively he was not quite he wasn't quite high enough to really um, give width and impact the game that way like the the switch the big switch to him was kind of never on um and I, I heard I still heard players saying ash get high ash mm-hmm. get high yeah uh, so I think offensively he still's got some work to do. But defensively, at one v one, I he made I don't know three or four plays. They weren't. They're not all going to be marked down as tackles, but they were. Yeah. Uh, you know, plays that slowed the progression at least, if not winning the ball outright. And he goes in. Yeah. Just like a hundred, hundred percent. Like, and he's just, like, yeah. If he if he doesn't, it's the type of tackle that's like if he doesn't win, he's going to slow down the player mm. because they're just obliterated. So, I think that that's good from the defensive standpoint, but again, offensively still some work to be done. Absolutely. I want to pose a
2: question for argument's sake um, and get your thoughts. We have Shannon Gomez, uh, hopefully healthy soon um, and an option in the starting lineup. Ash or Gomez and why? So first of all, um,
0: I was, you know, just kind of, overhearing some um, people talking with Gomez and uh, last week he said that he should be back um, in a week or two and then this week obviously he wasn't in the 18 uh, he said that he should be back in a week or two (laughs) so I think it's probably one of those things where he's like yeah I'll be back yeah I'll be back but you know maybe he's just not fit yet yeah Um, so we were crossing our fingers that what he was saying was was accurate Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly with ash not being terrible i don't think there's a need to rush gomez back and it's an so, injury
2: that you don't want to rush
0: right so i'm i'm wondering if this question is good but it's not really going to be applicable for maybe another two to three weeks which yeah. is fine we still have to have the conversation so yeah you're saying ash or gomez
2: if both are healthy both are fit
0: yeah both are healthy both are fit i i think you've I mean, you have to go with Gomez if he's ready. If he's if he doesn't look sharp, then you you slowly you know you sub him in for the last ten minutes. You sub him in for the last twenty minutes. You sub him in for a yeah. half, and then you, you get him there. That's that's how I yeah. see it going. Uh, but what do, what do you think, Nolan? I think um, just going off the information that the
1: club has given us, also the only player now listed on the injury report is Juan Berhona with the knee injury. So at least according to what they're they're telling us, Shannon Gomez is fit and now competing for his spot and so i think briggs just saw ash who put in a good performance got 90 minutes in his legs against tacoma and Mm -hmm. saw gomez in training alongside him and said uh you know ash is my guy for this game and shannon you're an incredible player like we've we've heard all the praises that everyone has has given him around the club but i'm i think he has to say look this is ash's position now and you have to win it back and yeah um, but that's good that's good for the health of a squad that's good for um ash just as much as it is for shannon gomez it's pushing these guys to be better at their at their position that's, yeah that's and, my take and
0: i don't i don't know i i, I think what the, the sentiment you're trying to say is the position of left back is up for the best player yeah wh- whoever wins it so yeah. not necessarily saying well this is ash's position and you have to win it back from him but yeah. telling both players hey like compete yeah, whoever yeah. is the best player is, is going to win. Yep. So if that means for the first month of the season it's Ash, and then you know Gomez comes back into the fold and uh, you know is able to get his match fitness back and really compete for it, mm-hmm. and we start to maybe see Gomez get some more starts, that's awesome. And then toward uh, well, I no sorry, um, Berhane is going to be out for a while, right? October. So we don't really have uh-huh. to worry about out for
2: this. He's probably out for the shortened season. season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. with a. With an injury like that and a surgery – an injury to his – um, it's not his ACL. It was meniscus. 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 Um, a tear in your meniscus with a surgery. That's another one. The knees are things you have to take cautiously. I, a best-case scenario, he sees the end of a playoff run. And that I just don't – I don't think you will do that. Like, I don't think they'll do that. So I think it's pretty safe to say he's out for the season. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we have Shannon Gomez and, and we have Ash who's – I will say this Ash has elements to his game and to his just physical stature that could show a lot of good potential in a left back position. Um, he's a winger by trade and you can tell he likes going one-on-one offensively. He's comfortable doing that. Um, he's quick and he, um, has shown an ability to break up plays. So there's elements there. It's raw, but there's elements there to show a really good left back. So, um, they're good things. Uh, Going off of this back line, continuing to talk about this back line in this game, the center back pairing of Hilliard Arce and Hayden Sargas, what did you think of that, Scott?
0: Yeah, I thought it was good. I uh, There was a moment where, and uh, you know, we're getting a, maybe a little bit of ahead of ourselves where we talk about goals and big moments from the match, but there's a moment where uh, somebody turns the ball over in midfield, a Reno player picks it up, and tomas steps to a position uh, to cover something and hayden doesn't step to fill i, I think that's the problem he kind of stays where he normally would be as a as a center back um and doesn't step to the player with the ball mm-hmm. and uh the the result is a shot the one save that grin was has to make and goes out of bounds for a corner kick and while people are getting set up for the corner kick tomas hilliard Arce absolutely rips yeah i saw uh, that uh sarges i mean like (laughs) i'm you know i'm probably 10 yards away from the field in the first row of the stands so i can hear everything right doesn't matter if you're the far side of the field or not i can i can hear people yelling this was on the you know on by the goal so quite a quite a bit away and tomas yelled five times louder than anyone else (laughs) right in hayden's face he said no when i go here you go here like he he was motioning with his fingers like when i rotate here you rotate back to where my spot is and hayden i could tell it kind of said something and then hayden or uh, sorry uh, hilliard Arce said it again just as loud um so I, I mean i like that hayden is is paired with him um i think hilliard Arce is a is is a good vocal leader yeah uh, that being said Breaks ripped him a couple times on the sideline. Uh, he, uh, Hilliard Arce, uh, when he would get the ball, he wouldn't pass it out to the wing. He would he was looking for a midfielder inside. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with that, but what one of the assistants said, and I can't remember who it was, but one of the assistants said, hey, you're getting too predictable because Reno was seeing that, okay, he has the ball, I'm going to close down this midfielder. Yeah, um, and
2: he had a couple turnovers.
0: Yeah, and he did. and if you noticed in this game, the center backs were really given freedom to just dribble forward. Yeah, yeah. And there was one time where uh, Tomas dribbled forward, got like halfway into the space that was open and then kind of was like, oh, okay, now what do I do? Like, do I keep going? And then he passed it. Mm-hmm. And Briggs was like, C- come on, like keep going, like dribble into the space. Um, And that's something that I thought Sargis actually did really well. And I-, and I think actually is one of his probably stronger suits that i'm seeing as a center back as we've seen him now for about i don't know four games preseason and three games the season um he's he's comfortable with the ball at his feet in terms of dribbling mm-hmm. and this game he moved the ball a lot quicker so i think the pairing itself is is strong and there's potential for it to get better as we've said but nolan I, do you have anything to add with that no i, th- I think that
1: analysis really killed it I, I guess the only thing I can contribute to the conversation is just considering the other options which I just I don't love like you're talking about Mahoney and Mahoney Keenan? and Deco Keenan like watching Keenan come on late in the game against Tacoma he just looks rickety like I, I don't know if this is like my <laughs> like age bias coming coming word. out but like he just doesn't look fit to keep up with these 22 23 year old guys yeah. who are just gonna just like eat him up I know he's experienced I know he's played in the Premier League. I just don't know. I,
2: he's if past I, his prime.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't know if he can handle it.
0: Well, and again, we're we're preparing for Major League Soccer. So, are you gonna play the thirty-four year? old Is I he I mean like thirty-four? I think he's thirty-four. Maybe somebody can fact check. I, I mean, he's checking. thirty-four. Are you gonna play the thirty-four year old or the eighteen year old? And I will say this: there was a U.S. scout. Well, there's a guy decked out in U.S. apparel. <laughs> I'm gonna assume he was a U.S. scout because who who else is gonna get let in to a game? that has media only are the are the only outside people other than reno so i'm going to assume this guy was a u.s scout he was probably scouting some guys for reno that came from the san jose academy um but he could have just as easily been impressed with Sargis. so um yeah are you going to play the 18 year old are you going to play the 30 something year old 36
2: in september it's uh-huh. 36
0: and so yeah he's and i think this is the last year yeah. of his contract yeah it better be it was extended by one year i believe. I think it was well we can look that up and tweet it out later well, we,
1: yeah we said we yeah let's look that up and tweet it out later. so um and then matt mahoney i think he's a viable option i just i like what i saw from hillary darcy and hayden Sargis in both of these games
0: yeah and i and i think matt mahoney is very talented but mistake prone yeah where again yep. do you want to play matt mahoney's probably 24 25 do you want to play that guy that Probably isn't going to make the jump to Major League Soccer, or do you want to play the eighteen-year-old that has the potential to make the jump? Yep. So, for now, I like the pairing. Yeah,
1: I would say I would say that. Um, yeah, can, kind of go into my takes takeaways from the game. Uh, it's a little bit more personnel oriented. So, I, I, if you look at the starting eighteen, there are some notable inclusions and some notable exclusions. So, uh, I'll just say what I mean. We saw Rafael Juaregui. Hore- who we mentioned earlier in the show um, come into the 18, and Mario Panagos exit it. Um, Panagos was was on the bench against Tacoma. He was not on the bench against. Um, I'm not thinking well.
0: <laughs> this game that we just played, this game that Reno? We just played. Reno, yeah, Reno. against
1: Reno, and and while was in. I said I, I think my very words were like were along the lines of the signing of Hualagi to an academy contract. It was like a PR feel-good stunt right before the restart of the season and that he would not play um, any games in the USL. And that clearly was very misguided because <laughs> he played six minutes uh, and came in for, I believe, Derek Formella and played on the wing.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: so I we I talked about this uh, off the mic with the guys, and the idea was, oh, well, maybe just – Mario Panagos can't play on the wing, and they needed a viable winger. But there's also uh, Julian Chavez, who's on an academy contract, available. Like he's not on the the injury report. I think we saw him at the game. Uh, yeah, the I I
0: think it was him in the stands. Okay, I can't, uh, I can't I can't I
1: couldn't tell. No, yeah, not for sure. But we saw Julian Chavez play on the wing against the Oakland Roots in the preseason. I believe was he's been around the first team for several years now, so um, certainly has more experience than Rafa with the Republic first team. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's interesting that he was included. I think it's interesting that he got minutes. Um, I don't, and he came on before the goal was scored. So whether that was Briggs saying, oh, great, here's another draw. I'm going to get crap for this. I better put on a, a young Academy product to, you know, this, this will be our bright moment, but that he doesn't strike me as that kind of a manager. I think he, he saw Rafa as someone that, um, would contribute to the dying minutes of the game and someone that was unpredictable and that could, um, yeah, contribute to the team pulling out a 1-0 win so that's my thought on the personal change scott what do you think about about his inclusion in Panagos being dropped
0: uh yeah i think um it, it's hard to, i mean he like you said he's only in the in the match for six minutes but yeah it, i think it is significant that he was brought in when the game was still 0-0 and briggs i i couldn't hear what he said to him but it must have just been hey got like Go go and do something. Yeah. <laughs> go and try something. Yeah. You know what's the worst that happens? It ends, zero zero, and it, it, like you get minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So, I I'm I'm not gonna read that much into it right now, particularly because I mean we've been impressed by Panagos before. Right. So yeah, I don't think it's like well you know he's dropped off and he doesn't have the favor of blah blah. Like no, I just think it's maybe it, I'm Waregi not sure. impressed yeah. and. Um, I, I'm going to say that this is good, that there's three young players that uh, we feel comfortable with being in the yeah. 18. So yeah. I'm going to take it as a positive. And for now, you know, if that means Panagos and Waregi kind of rotate in the 18 and rotate getting some sub minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Yeah,
2: that's a lot more than we've seen in the past. And
0: it- it, it'll be interesting with this Wednesday game, not this Wednesday, but there's a Wednesday game the following wednesday see some uh, see some rotation happening Uh, maybe one of them gets a little bit more minutes because there's five subs. they don't have to start they can they can get subbed in you know maybe in the 70th minute or something and actually get some some true meaningful minutes we play timbers in that game uh okay so we play la galaxy 2 this weekend and then Mm -hmm. excuse me we play um i believe uh can't can't tell where my phone is. You can, guys can look it up. But it's um, LA Galaxy 2 this weekend. And then, sorry, it is this Wednesday after after the LA Galaxy 2 game. Uh, we play Orange County at home. And uh, then yes, right. San Diego away. Okay. Got it. Yep. You're right. Cool. Uh, uh, Zach, you have something here um, on our show notes about Formella struggling in the first half. But he had a uh, a good shot and then struggled to find space elsewhere. Do you want to kind of talk about that? Yeah, we saw
2: Formella um, last week with a brace, which was very encouraging to see. As, as frustrating as that game ended, uh, we saw Formella uh, with two goals, which is is it's something that's plagued the Republic for so long, is the ability to finish, the ability to have somebody up top that has consistent play. Um, and so to have him you know score two goals was great. Not as good this week against Reno, which was tough because Honestly, we saw a very sluggish Reno team. Um, I think that there were opportunities Formella could have had um, to put some goals away. He he did have a good shot in the 40th minute, but other than that, he he just struggled to find space, and I think he struggled um, in in the position that he was in, and and he struggled to to find um, people to link up with. Right, Scott.
0: Yeah, it it looks like he's just a bit more comfortable playing with another forward or somebody very close to him. Um, And I think what we're going to see, and this is really, honestly, probably the first year this is true, whoever the hot hand is, I I think is going to get played. So uh, last game, Awasa started up top with Formella. Formella had the two goals, formation formation switch, so we see Formella start this game. But then Awasa comes in with Belmar in the 63rd. And Owasa scores the goal. So this f- coming game against LA Galaxy 2 away this Saturday, do we see Owasa start? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I think in his time in the match, and it could just be because he had fresh legs, but he looked more dangerous than Formella. To, to me, um, he was in more space. And I, Formella just, I mean, there was just too many times that his name was called for being in the wrong position defensively. And I don't remember yeah. that from Cam. I I remember him being in the right position defensively and that's the type of thing that'll get you in the game over somebody else and then you add in the fact that he did convert the penalty and he earned the penalty as well with his movement and uh, cross so just in terms of the the forward situation I, I think for me it goes whoever the hot hand is and that that also doesn't include Belmar who can play up top um we yep, haven't true. really seen him in that true number nine striker position, except for in the preseason, which was like a year ago. So <laughs> yeah, it was a half a year ago. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. And, and maybe now we can move on to the discussion of, of Werner and Bizev. Um Yeah. I mean, I, I think they had very similar games. They both had their opportunities to send in good balls. Um, and Nobody finished. I, I don't know if that's their fault or if it's the forwards' fault, but they looked like it was their first game back. Yeah, they got minutes mm-hmm. in the last game, but this really to me felt like the game to shake off their rust. And now that they've got um their sixty three minutes in. Yeah. Um maybe they'll be a bit more productive. But it was the same thing with Bijev in the last game. He had the shot, went wide. And off a great move. Yeah. So i the I same just think, roller coaster with him. I, I just think uh, that they are just just shaking off the rust. Mm. Yeah. maybe it takes another game for them to really you know get clicking. So I'm not concerned, but I'm not at the same time I wasn't they didn't really do that much that impressed me. There was one time, I think for both players that I was like, hmm, oh nice. wow, that was a good move. good move. like that was that was a really good opportunity mm-hmm. that you just created there to get the ball into the box. Um,
2: it, I think for both of them in that kind of uh, like eighteen to twenty-two minute range, we had three or four corners. We played very suffocating, attacking um, style play uh, with good link-up play, good passes, and it produced a lot of good opportunities um, and a couple of really good saves. To be fair, by the Reno goaltender. Um, so yeah, there was a glimpse there. Overall, though, we we come away with three points. Sam or um, Cam hopefully gets the monkey off his back scores a goal and we can see his touch start to come back That that's something that we really need to see um, but yep got three points against a good Reno team who looks sluggish and now we move on to LA Galaxy yeah well just so
0: just really quickly before that I think the last uh, kind of personnel thing to discuss would just be uh, Villarreal or Wheeler Amenu. Villarreal I thought in this game was amazing yeah he played I, very he, well he
2: I his think passing really was good. Out his, that clean sheet.
0: Yeah, his defensive uh, uh tackling and a hit and a positioning was really good. Got a great shot on that, too in the first half. Yeah, he did. He had a really good shot. Off of volley. Um I I think when Wheeler Aminu came in, he was fine. Like he didn't stand out to me, which is maybe a good thing cuz it was uh, I mean he didn't make a mistake. Um and he just played simple passes, so mm-hmm. That's just another thing to keep your eye on. I think Villarreal showed that maybe he needs to be the starter um until further notice so just something to keep your eye on but yes let's talk about LA Galaxy 2 um who who really knows what we're going to see from them just because of uh, both COVID and uh the first team being in Orlando for Major League Soggers tournament and some of those players being gone um but right now they are uh they they've played three games um and they've been like we said kind of all over the place they had a 5-1 win uh against Rio Grande Valley that was pre the league shutting down because of mm-hmm. COVID. Um, but then when they came back, they were destroyed 4-0 by Phoenix. And then this weekend, they beat San Diego 1-0. So they're kind of everywhere. Now, we didn't watch the game, but we did all watch the highlights of um, at least this past weekend's game against San Diego. Um, and we you know watched other highlights of of the games as well. And it, they just look like they are young, talented, but inexperienced kids. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably what we're going to see this coming weekend is there's going to be moments that we go, whoa, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be moments where we go, yeah, you're 17. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, anything else anyone want to add? Right. <laughs> I just, I can never
1: know what's going to happen with the Galaxy. Um yeah, I feel the same way about them as I do Tacoma and Portland. Like, It's not worth my time trying to figure out who's going to be there because it's
2: just yeah. like,
1: different guys all the time.
2: Well, they they have a striker, Augustine Williams, um, who is, I, I think, if I had to guess, is going to be a consistent starter for LA Galaxy 2. Um, he's somebody that had seven goals, two assists, in 15 games for Portland last year. Uh, he's a good player, and he looked dangerous, against um who they play pre-pandemic Rio Grande looked mm-hmm. da- dangerous against them i believe he had a goal um looked dangerous again against uh who San am i thinking Diego. San Diego um so I, that's probably a player that we'll end up seeing this week uh it, it definitely a solid striker um with good potential that, that i think is already um you know coming through on his potential so there's somebody to watch out for for sure yeah, and you know they'll probably play a four-two-three-one, yep. four-three-three
0: system, however that looks. From what I remember, it's it's the fullbacks getting very, very far forward. Um, I, I will say this: there were center or center mids last year that I was really impressed with, and they're still with Eligoxi two right now. Yeah. Um, and that is Saldana, and um, Ontiveros. I want to say is his name. Okay. So. And I think Saldana has been with the, the youth national teams. Um, there's a left back that's been with the youth, youth national teams. So they have good, talented players. It's it. It's just, can they all come together and click? Chemistry. So they've got two games under their belt. They've got some time to you know get the rust off of them. Everyone gets beaten by Phoenix. Um, yeah. So I'm not yeah, really yeah. that concerned about... The juggernaut. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know if that game is super telling... One nil over San Diego, a team that only has a few games played together. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of hard to tell, draw conclusions from that game. Um, I, I I just don't know. I think okay. this is one of those games. So okay, so I used to play and coach volleyball, um, and and one of the things that we would that we were taught, and then I then would you know teach players is that you guys may be very well organized and very good, and there's you almost get to a point that when you play very good teams you know their pattern right so volleyball bump set spike right well bad teams they're just not good enough to execute that so it's bump over the net right it's it's passing the ball to the to the setter but it's it's a too big of a pass so it just goes over the net immediately or there's a whatever right it's it's not the normal executable style mm-hmm. Sometimes with these younger two teams, with guys that are very talented, you can kind of see that it's, okay, well, this pass should go out here. Everyone is seeing that this pass needs to go out here on this wing, but instead this guy dribbles in and has a shot. Or, uh, you know, players are either too hesitant, right? So they, they hang onto the ball too long and you're not expecting that. So maybe you drop off or some, something unpredictable or... They, they take shots from crazy angles and stuff like that because they're, they're 16, 17, 18, and no one can can stop them, right? So hmm. that, that's the hard part. It's not that um, LA Galaxy 2 as an organization is unpredictable. It's that the players are young, and it's hard to predict them because we haven't seen them for a long time. So with that being said, if Sacramento... Uh, isn't fully on for this game. Like, I don't think they were fully on for Tacoma. which I don't know if we can 100% blame them for because of COVID. First
2: game back, yeah.
0: But if they're not on for this game, we could see like a 1-1 draw or something like that, or like a 2-2 draw. I don't, something, something where it's like, yeah. wait a minute, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. And these next three games, it's uh, like we said, it's the three games out of the group. These aren't like group deciding games, but... If we can show well against LA Galaxy 2, that'll set us up for a Wednesday game where we can go uh, at home against a good Orange County team, an Orange County yeah. team that drew with Phoenix. That's going to be a hard game. Yeah, That'll then set us up for a good result against San Diego on the road that following weekend. So I, I think if we can work out these kinks in these three games so that we can get to a point that when we do return to this group play, we are ready to just roll through these guys, that's going to be huge. And you're not going to face, I think, a better team to really do that against than this LA Galaxy 2 team because they're a little bit weaker, but they still have talented players. So you can't fall asleep because they will convert chances against you. Yeah, But at the same time, you don't have to be super worried about like, oh, wow, this guy is really talented. And you know what? Next year, he's going to be with the first team. Those guys are with the first team already because of depth. So, I'm I'm really actually looking forward to this game. Mm-hmm. I oh, I think we've seen in the past where Sacramento will go on these runs, and they'll they'll have like four, or five, six wins in a row. I'm I'm kind of hoping that we can generate some momentum here. Um,
2: but what do you guys think? I would say yeah, I, I agree um, with that, and especially with a young team. Then it becomes a matter of okay, what is our game plan? Let's execute our game plan let's not get caught trying to play their game. Um, and so that, what that comes down to is shape. Um, and it's something that we saw uh, to be inconsistent in the first game and something that got a lot better in this game. We got a clean sheet out of it. So shape as far as, especially with, um, Ash on that left side, seeing better shape with him and with Sargis, uh, we saw improvements this past game, but that has to still get improved. And so, Coming into this game, good shape is something I want to see. And finally, finishing up top. You know, We can play a good game, but we have to take advantage of the mistakes that LA Galaxy is most likely going to make. They're young players. They're going to make mistakes. We need to capitalize on those and score goals. So those are the two things that I really want to see against Galaxy. And if we can do those things, I think we're going to come away with three points pretty easily. Yeah, I think just going
1: back to what Scott was saying, about momentum i i I think that's going to be huge going into this game um and if they can get a win then uh it's not going to feel like a stutter here a stutter there it's going to for the for these players for their confidence um getting two wins in a row and going into a midweek against the loyal is going to will be huge and i think a, a loss or a draw or something uh where they don't feel satisfied with the result is going to be um hard to get over uh in this restart so yeah momentum going into if they can get some
2: after through this by a good result is gonna be huge especially with this short season i mean um i think of it like a semester system and a quarter system right like in a quarter system when you're in school you got to get going immediately you have to stay on top of things right off the bat um and it's the same thing with this is like we need to generate momentum we need to generate wins quickly and early Cause it's not that long. The, the, the run of play that we're going to go through is just not that long. So a win against Dallas galaxy is big for momentum and momentum is really important right now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it this way, there's 16 games uh, this season. So after this weekend, we're a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. So, you know, after, after the month of July, um, you know, there's, there's three, three more games this, this month of July. We're like a third of the way through the season. So, yeah, you you can't afford to be like you know what, uh, we're still rusty, we we still got injuries. Like I, I'm sorry, but like just because of the situation that we're in, you can't make that excuse. So if it if it means that Shannon Gomez doesn't come back for a few more games because he's just not ready, then he's just not ready. Mm-hmm. You can't afford that. Um, so yeah, we will see what happens this weekend. We will be watching that game, and we will uh, have a, another episode for you guys soon. The dogs us, are barking. Yep, hit yeah. us up That's on it. social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, 916Republic. Uh, follow us on our, you can donate to our Patreon as uh, well. please. <laughs> all your spare cash. Yeah, yeah. all, all your $9.16. All your spare COVID money. Yes, uh, yes. Give us that. The That stimulus, that yep. stimulus check. And as always, we are brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. We'd like to thank them for helping us out. Well, boys. Any, any last thing? Any random thing you got in your head? Oh, no, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, all right then. Glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.